Welcome to another episode of Thanks Divorce, where we discuss all the unintended beautiful parts of going through a divorce. And I'm your host, Janine Bell. So in this episode, it's a special episode. The topic is decentralizing romance, as the title suggests, but it's special because I am live recording myself to my software and also a room on Clubhouse. It's a first time thing for me. I was excited to do it, to take on the challenge, uh, and I might sound nervous because I was. Enjoy. Boom, boom, there's some music, there's some music. I hope you can hear me because my thing says poor connection, but it's still recording, I don't care. What I really care about is the microphone recording my voice. Editing will be fun this time. Okay, let's get into it. Hey, alchemists. Can I call you that? Do you know what that means? I mean, it's pretty much turning nothing into something, uh, metal into gold, because that's what you are, what you've been, or what you're actually doing if you're like me, going through a divorce, or a breakup, or a life-changing event. Lemonade out of lemons, baby. That's what we do. Will this alchemist thing stick? I don't know, but we'll see. See how I feel. So, decentralized romance. I love those two words together. In short, it's basically saying don't make romantic love the center of your life. I mean, if you wanted the, the Cliff's Notes of this episode and not move forward, that's exactly what I'll be talking about. Don't make romantic love the center of your life. Take that thing off the pedestal that we done put it on. So romantic love, right? It's nice. It's cute. It feels really good. It can be intense at times. It gives us a sense of belonging to someone specific. You feel super special. It can make you the happiest and hurt you the most. Shout out to Common. You can nestle into it. And it's real. Like, it's a real thing. Scientifically, I'm sure there's like endorphins or serotonin or dopamine or all of the, the things involved too. So romantic love is a thing and it's a major thing in people's lives. And it's a driving force behind a lot of people's actions, good, bad, or indifferent. So good looks like getting whisked away to some island doing some lovely things with a person. Bad, some people commit crimes because of romantic love. Like it can go a lot of different ways. And we're socialized to make it a thing, like the thing to aspire to. It's the thing that we wanna brag about and it's a thing that we feel worthy for having. And adversely, we feel less worthy when we don't have it. So being socialized is a real, like, it's hard to really put your finger on how it happens. But can you remember the first time that you saw romantic love? It was either alive and well in your, in your home growing up, or you read it in a children's book, and then you saw it on TV. Then you saw it in movies. Then you heard it in songs. Then you felt the pressure in schools. You saw artwork portrayed, you saw billboards. It's everywhere. It's been everywhere the entire time. I did a little research and like, even though romantic comedies raked in over $10 billion between 1995 and 2021, the notion of romance is in every film. 
And mind you, like romantic comedy is not the top type of film. So you have your horror and your suspense and drama and adventure. They're, they raked in way more money than that. But every type of film has romance in it. Like a love interest is an actual thing. And I say all that to say, just to drive home the point that we've been socialized to make it a big part of our lives, a big part of our movie <laughs> that is our life. All right, here's a gem slash aha moment thing about our lives that I just want to like put in this episode. So there was never any media absorption, etiquette or education. So we just watch things and we come to conclusions and we create expectations, which is fine. But like there should be some like person on the side saying like, hey, you know, this isn't real or this isn't real life. This is all made up like life imitating art or vice versa. We don't know which is which. And, and it happens so seamlessly. So we went from like newspapers and we read some stuff and then we have radio. Cool. Listening to some things and we have black and white TV. Yep. Then it got color TV. Now we have one channel, then like five channels <laughs> and a zillion channels. We just absorb all of this, shall I say, indoctrination around the importance of X, Y, Z. And for this, for this episode, I'm talking about centralized romantic love. And my whole point is like, just don't ob obsess over it. It's not the center of the universe. That's, that's it. That's all I'm saying. There's more to life. So that's how we got here, right? The indoctrination, let's call it that. Just if anyone was unclear or had any questions like that, we've been indoctrinated to really centralize romantic love from many, many, many sides. So on to like the unlearned part. It's not the center of the universe. You're not unworthy if someone hasn't quote unquote chosen you to love romantically. Love is everywhere. Don't downplay your, your friendships. That's actual love. Family, they're also known as loved ones. The way you water your plants, love. When you cook food for yourself, love. How you adorn yourself, love. If you're in a community of friends or tribe, that's love. Playing the sport that you, what? Love is also love. Starting a garden, love. Working on your business is a labor of what? You guessed it, love. Time with your children or your little people, that's love. Or even the people who made you, your parents, also love. Pursuing your dream, that's also love. So don't push all those other ones aside in the pursuit or maintenance of romantic love. And don't get me wrong, romantic love is invited into our lives. Like, come on over here, join the party, but just don't take up too much space. Like, you can come in this room, but like, don't, I don't sit on everything. You take up a lot of mental and emotional space. And honestly, if you stop looking for it, I'm not pointing no fingers at anybody. If you stop looking for it, it will find you. It's like sleep or meditation. Like when you try really hard to get that thing, it just seems so elusive. 
And the thirst is real out here in these streets. And some people can smell it. And it's not attractive. It's attracting a certain type of person. And you can easily get taken advantage of. All right, so how do you do that? How do you make sure it doesn't take up too much emotional or mental space? In short, you do you. That's it. That's the biggest thing. But I would also invite folks to look at the motivations behind your actions. Is the end result of your actions romantic love? Then change the motivation. <laughs> it seems simple, but it's really like just change the motivation. Where where's your come from? So I personally, I get cute anytime I leave the house because it makes me feel good. It feels good to me. It looks good to me. And who doesn't want to feel good? And it's not because I want to attract a partner. It's a different, it's a different motivation. There's a different come from in that scenario. So just look at your actions and see which ones are sourced in. This will be great to attract a partner. This will be great. I'll, I'll do this and that'll give me this result. And I, I can't tell you how to change the motivation. Like speak to a therapist or a life coach or someone. I'm not the one for that part. This is just a suggestion, actually. And sometimes seeking romantic love leads to desperation. And that's not the place that you want to be. You literally just do things for you and radiate from the inside. You are here to allow and attract people into your lives, not seek them out or passive aggressively seek them out in your actions. It's like, what frequency are you emanating from? One of desperation or radiance? And also waiting around for romantic love will have you missing out on some great experiences. Buy yourself flowers. There's nothing wrong with that. And maybe you have not done certain things, made certain plans or taken certain trips because you didn't have a date. I didn't want to go to that concert because I didn't have a date. I don't want to take that trip to Paris by myself. Take a friend. Take a family member. There's literally love everywhere. Or find a quote unquote stranger on Facebook and see what comes of it. Not for the trip, but like a concert <laughs> or whatever. Small things. You know, this also reminds me of something I heard recently where a friend of a friend was sharing online how and she's a newlywed, right? How she and her husband read the five love languages. And I feel like we've all read this book, uh, the people in my community or tribe. And she talks about how it dawned on her that it's possible to read the book with your partner and then learn, okay, honey, this is your love language and this is mine. And the implication, I don't know if it's in the book anywhere, but the implication is that now that you know my love language, you are more equipped to give it to me. And on the day that she was sharing, she was saying that, oh, I can give that or those things to myself. It doesn't have to be outsourced. It's not like I'm making a list of to do's for my partner to do. This is something that I'm learning about myself and how to give this type of love to myself. And I just thought that was amazing, an amazing discovery for her and for her to share to her wide audience. Um, 
that that's even possible. Because I do think that when I read the five love languages, first of all, I was single, but I was ready to tell the next person who I was with that um, my love language is this. So make sure you do this. No, sis, you can do that to yourself. You can give yourself words of affirmation. You can give yourself quality time. Yeah, that's possible. All of that. So in conclusion, (laughs) uh, of course, decentralized romantic love. I guess another way of saying it would be to diversify the type of love that you have in your life. Like water all the plants, all the types of love that you have. The platonic love is just as sweet and gentle and beautiful as romantic love, as familial love, or as the love that you have for doing something that's super fulfilling to you. Like they're all important. Just take that one that that's been getting so much shine all these years and centuries. Just take that thing off the pedestal because I don't think it belongs there. I think it's great. Maybe like one notch up, but not like 10 notches up. So just spread it, spread the love, spread the types of love out and let a lot of love in. And last but not least, thanks Divorce for allowing me to come to these conclusions or these realizations about myself and life and the world around me. I don't think I would have come here without this experience. (sighs) Okay, I did it. I did the thing. Um, I was nervous the entire time. I was sweating the entire time. I thank you to the people who are here watching me or listening to me uh, on Clubhouse. This has been an exhilarating experience, nerve wracking, um, but I did it. Thank you, Markeith, for the idea to even try this thing out. Whew. Um, yes, thank, thank you. If I was talking fast, that's probably because I was nervous. I'm going to stop recording now so we can have a little chit chat about everything I just spoke about. Oh, and before I go, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time for another episode of Thanks Divorce. In the meantime, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at Thanks Divorce Pod. Till next time, friends. Take care.